Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcat. We are the self-proclaimed fantasy football expert duo of Ben Outerback and Trevor Sheppy. We're here to break down your toughest fantasy football questions with mediocre analysis and hard-hitting facts. Welcome to our season finale. Thanks for listening all year. On this episode, we'll be recapping the 2020 season for fantasy and then looking into a very future uh, the the 2021 rankings for each position. So before we get started, go follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcat and tweet us any questions you have for the for the season that just finished and then the upcoming 2021 season. Yes, hopefully your league is not doing a week 17 season. And the reasons that is because you see Mahomes is out, uh, Cook is out, but that's a personal issue that he's having. Um, but week 17 is the potential people sit and don't play and we really suggest that you do finish up your league in week 16, which we did in ours. And um, yeah, Ben, I think we should just sort of jump straight into it. This is going to be a, a different style episode. I think it'll be uh, a bit more fun and free-flowing instead of going over all the games. And it'll be uh, interesting to get an in, in early mock draft in there and then uh, see how we did this season as well. So let's jump straight into um, my our guys throughout the year that we've been sort of... Uh, hyping up and talking about pretty early on before they started really picking up speed. Um, and if you've listened to the podcast, one of my guys is definitely Justin Jefferson. I've talked about him all year. I've been right about him all year and he's just a fantastic player to watch. So he was one of my guys this season that we said early on week three came in, did a really good job and said to pick him up to play him. And, and that's what I did for my league. And I got a lot of value out of him. So he was one of my guys this year. And I'll counter that with my own rookie receiver. I was, I think I was early on Brandon Ayuk. I think we saw him a slow start to the season. He missed the first couple games due to injury, was on the COVID list at the time. But we saw when he played, he was a star. He was, I think he was a top 10 wide receiver over the last eight weeks of the season. And that, mm-hmm. that's really what you want to see for a rookie because that next year you're really going to see that ceiling. And with this Niners offense, I think we'll get into it at different points in the show, but with all these weapons that they have, is Jimmy G going to be back next year? Are they going to bring in a veteran quarterback to replace him? I think this is going to be a fascinating offense, and it'll be interesting to see how all these weapons will be able to fit together for fantasy. Yeah, the yak yards on that team is going to be ridiculous between um, Ayoki Kittle and uh, Debo. They, they're all yards after the catch type of players, and it's going to be a really fun offense to watch and a great run, run game as well. Um, but speaking of run game, um, obviously David Montgomery didn't have the most productive early season. He was averaging around 10 to 12 points. He wasn't losing you a week, wasn't winning you a week. He was very consistent. But one thing that I picked up on was his schedule on the back half of the season. We, right around seven weeks ago now, I was consistently telling you to go trade for him, go trade for him, go trade for him. And let's see what happened. He was a monster through the later half of the year. He worked his way up to, I, I believe, the RB6 on the year for PPR leagues, and he just sort of blew everyone out of the water. And he was definitely a league winner, did great throughout all the playoffs, and he was another one of my guys throughout the year at, at the running back position. And one running back that I really thought I was early on, I know in our week two episode, I, I called him Jerome Robinson. It was after his first career game where he started pretty well, but James Robinson really was an elite running back this year. I believe he finished as – RB4 for total points. And for a rookie, that's amazing. On a rookie, on a 1-14 in 14 team going into Week 16, that's even more impressive. So he's a guy that had an impressive year and another guy that 
we'll wait to see what the offseason looks like for the Jaguars to see how high his stock can rise for next year. They're going to have the number one pick. They're going to have Trevor Lawrence. They're going to bring in a new coach, and that might be the most attractive job for any of these coordinators like Eric Bieniemy or, or Joe Brady possibly that might be uh, looking for a head coaching job. So we'll have to wait and see how this offense is going to look next year, but James Robinson is definitely going to play a big role in it. Yeah, I mean, I was against Robinson in the early part of the year. I was like, no, I don't think he's going to win the job there. And he sort of, he proved me wrong, obviously. He was, a, if you had him on your team, he was another one of those league winner type of guys. Um, well, unfortunately, he didn't play this past week due to injury, so maybe he didn't win you the championship. But he certainly brought your team to the playoffs, and he was a, a valuable piece, sort of like James Conner of last year. and players like that that you can pick up off the waivers after your draft and they're just monsters. He was probably the fantasy MVP of the season if he played that uh, the, this past week, but he was a, a great player. Um, one other guy that I was hyping up, and so was a lot of other people, it was Kyler Murray. He was my QB one or two off the board behind Mahomes, and Kyler just proved a lot of people wrong this year. He did fantastic. He looked explosive. Had some injuries throughout, which sort of hindered his play style. I think going to next year, now that he's had a year with DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be a great fantasy player next year as well. And he was one of the guys I was really hyping up early on this season. All right. And I'll go with the wide receiver to finish us off. And that's DK Metcalf. I think a lot of people were, were high on him early going into the season, and so was I. And we really still see, saw him took, take off this year. As Russell Wilson looked like an MVP candidate for the first half of the season, DK Metcalf looked like that unguardable wide receiver. He got a lot of comparisons to Calvin Johnson. He's not there yet. He does still have some drop issues, but for fantasy purposes, you don't care about that. He was a, an elite wide receiver for most of the year. Didn't finish as strong, and neither did that offense. But he's a guy who had a really strong season, and next year he's going to be going pretty high in drafts. And we'll see if that Seahawks offense can really start and sustain that success through the entire of next year. Yeah, and I think in the beginning of the season, a lot of people valued Lockett over Metcalf, but you were always talking about Metcalf, and uh, I should have listened to you as a Lockett owner. Uh, Metcalf was um, an absolute monster, and we're going to see, in our mock draft, he will go in the first two rounds, and it'll be interesting to see where he sort of ends up there. But let's move on to our next segment here. We have um, our playoff MVPs and our playoff busts, and I'm looking down the list here, Ben, and I'm really mad about the last uh, bust that you got in there because... This guy lost me my matchup. I lost by two points in the champions championship due to this one player, which we'll get to later on. But let's start with your playoff MVPs, Ben. Who, who are your fantasy playoff MVPs for 2020? All right, let's start with a few running backs. So one guy, he only played two of the three playoff weeks, and that was the last two coming back from injury, was David Johnson. So I mentioned he missed that, that first playoff week, but he didn't play. You knew he wasn't going to play going into that week, so he didn't hurt you that week. And in the last two weeks, he averaged 26.6 points. That wins you a championship, especially because he may have been a guy that you bought low on or, or just had on your team that other people carried your team for most of the year. And then you get to add a player like that to really have success down the stretch. David Johnson is one of my top playoff MVPs this year. And I'm going to go with two more running backs, J.D. McKissick and Jeff Wilson. We know they're not really the starting running backs on this team, but they really filled in all year when they were needed especially down the stretch. Starting with J.D. McKissick, he had 24.6 points average over his last two weeks. We knew he was going to play a role in the receiving game, even with Antonio Gibson back 
partially this past week. J.D. McKissick, still a huge role in the passing game. and probably helped a lot of people that picked him up on waiver wires in the middle of the season to, to win fantasy championships. And the final running back is a guy I harped on last week. I told you he was going to have a big week. I love the matchup. I love when this Niners offense has a singular running back that they focus on. And it was Jeff Wilson last week. Rushed for 183 yards, 27.4 points in week 16. That's how you win fantasy championships. And I'll finish with two wide receivers, Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley, in the higher range, higher than the running backs that I mentioned. These are guys that Calvin Ridley is a superstar. He's wide receiver five this year in total points. We saw with Julio out, he's in the in the running for the top wide receiver. And Mike Evans, a guy, was up and down this year, but we really saw it down the stretch. He had 17 points in week 15 and then 40 in week 16. That's how you win. That's how those are players like that can give you a chance, even if you're facing someone like Alvin Kamara, who I know you're going to mention. But Mike Evans scoring 40 gives you a shot against those superstar performances. Yeah, so let's jump into my playoff MVPs. Uh, someone who was unfortunate, um, played against my Patriots, and just has had a, had a fantastic season, uh, Stefan Diggs. He has truly been a wide receiver one. He's probably next to Devontae Adams throughout the entire season. Finished the season with 29.1, 25.7, You don't have a better player over that stretch than Stefan Diggs. He was a monster. And uh, leading to my next guy, if you're playing Kamara and you had Diggs, you gave yourself a shot. Alvin Kamara finished off the season really well and we were harping on the fact that he wasn't going to do as good with uh, Taysom Hill's quarterback, but when Breeze came back, we were really pushing, go get Alvin Kamara, maybe trade for him. It was probably too late in the season at that point, but he was going to come back in the playoffs with Drew Breeze, Drew Breeze back, and he finished with 22.4, 18.4, and then the monster, 56.2. Um, one other guy on my list, which is one we already talked about, was um, David Montgomery. He just was a beast throughout the playoffs. We're going to talk about him, so I'm not going to talk about him more here, but he really finished off the season strong and was a, a really fun player to watch. He consistently got all of the snaps, consistently was in there getting a whole bunch of points for your fantasy team. And it was a really fun Bears team to watch. And we'd be curious to see if they make it or the Vikings make it um, into the playoffs this year, the NFL playoffs, not fantasy. Um, Jonathan Taylor was another one that I had. 30.5 points, 19.5, 19.4. He was really struggling coming into the playoffs. You weren't sure if you were really going to play him or not. He had averaged around the 15-point range in the first six matches of the season. And then he had a straight of 5.1, 9.2, 5.7, 15.4. You weren't sure. And then he missed a game. You weren't sure if he was going to do well. And he just came back and blew the socks off of everyone. He just had a fantastic wrap-up to the season. And I don't think we can get away without talking about uh, Josh Allen here. I was watching as a Patriots fan, and it was, yes, our reign's over. It was, it's sad to see, but I'm very glad it's over to Josh Allen and the, and the Bills. They really came out and proved a lot of people wrong, and Josh Allen fires the ball downfield. He is fantastic quarterback. He's going to be somewhere we're going to talk about next season. He has really been a, a bright spot in the, the AFC East here, and he's did a fantastic job throughout the playoffs. And we'll definitely talk, talk about Josh Allen and how high we have him ranked for next year later later in this episode. So let's, let's – Yeah. Oh, so, 
<laughs> so Ben, why don't we jump into our bus? Let's go back and forth on this one. Uh, who who is your first playoff bust? All right, I'll start at the quarterback position and go with Patrick Mahomes, who he didn't really have disappointing weeks, but a lot of people took him maybe in the second round this past year, and him giving performances of 18, 25, and 19, finishing as quarterback eight behind guys significantly behind guys like Josh Allen. That's really disappointing. You're expecting Patrick Mahomes, especially with the matchup against Atlanta in week 16, going for the championship. That's really disappointing. I expected more out of Patrick Mahomes, and he's he was my number one playoff bust because of it. Yeah, I had him, and yes, he didn't win you a week, he didn't lose you a week, but he was just sort of disappointing. I I, I was not going to classify him as a bust, but uh, versus what you're expecting, yes, he did not perform. But um, let's stay on the QB trend here. I had Russell Wilson. He has really had a obviously the hot start MVP conversation. And then he was just really bad throughout the middle stretch of the season. And you were still probably playing him in the playoffs because he had the New York Jets, Washington and the Rams. Washington and the Rams are good defenses, but you were probably still playing him. We told you to go probably somewhere else, maybe go look at Ryan Tannehill, but he finished off the season 22.1, 12, and then 19.9. If you played him, he probably lost you your matchups. Um, So – Next year, it'll be very interesting to talk about how he's going to fit in because obviously he's a fantastic quarterback, but something's wrong with Seattle. we got to figure that out. But, Ben, why don't you kick us off with the, uh, the next wide receiver? Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy who I really liked last week, and then the weather changed a little bit, and we were in Green Bay in the snow and the wind, and I had Corey Davis who put up zero points last week and 4.4 in week 14. He had a good week 15, but – that's the worst thing in fantasy when a player is going good week, bad week, good week, bad week, because you never know when to start. You sit him on the good week and then start him on the bad week. And that's probably what a lot of people did with Corey Davis. Hopefully you pivoted elsewhere due to the forecast, but with that late in a week, you probably didn't have that option. So Corey Davis, another one of my playoff busts. Yeah, it was disappointing. I, I played him. I was going to lose regardless, uh, but we had our Cooper Cup versus uh... – Corey Davis bet that we had, and I came out on top of that one, so I got to make sure that one got in there, because <laughs> I've lost uh, quite a few this season. I'm glad I got one back, um, but my guy who was a playoff bust, and it, it was really disappointing, was Keenan Allen, and obviously he was hurt for week 16, but he had been fantastic all year for you. He had a very hot stretch towards the end of the season, and then coming to the playoffs, 20, and then he had 2.6, and then he was out. You got to the playoffs because of Keenan Allen, and you had to pivot from him once you got there. And you were playing him against Las Vegas in Week 15, and then he sort of just killed your team. And it, it was it's disappointing, but he was really a bust. So, Ben, who do you have next on your I'm going to go list? with one of my Pittsburgh Steelers, Chase Claypool. Really exciting rookie year. He looked like he was in that class with Justin Jefferson and Ayuk and, and some of the other rookies in the middle of the season. And then – as soon as this offense for the Steelers really fell apart, the Steelers lost three in a row. Chase Claypool really wasn't really used very much. And that was a big question for a lot of Steelers fans and a lot of fantasy owners. He averaged 7.2 points over the last three weeks. Uh, hopefully by the weeks 15 and 16, you knew not to start him, but some people you may have had to because of the success in the middle of the season. But Chase Claypool, really disappointing. Not really his fault. Because this offense just looked terrible. The play calling was terrible. And 
they really didn't get him involved, but he's a guy who still classifies as a bust. Yeah, and someone else who classifies as a bust is uh, DK Metcalf. And sort of along your Mahomes line, uh, he really had a disappointing fantasy playoffs. I mean, he had 18.1 against the Jets, plenty of 9.3 and 11.9. Same with Mahomes. He didn't kill your week, but you were really hoping for a lot more. And, yes, it was tough matchups, but he he was a top five wide receiver. And you got uh, middling to low-end wide receiver three throughout the playoffs. So that was very disappointing. And uh, hopefully next year that he can have a little bit more luck against the Rams, which I know is difficult. But, uh, yeah, it, it was just a, a disappointing playoff for him. All right, for my next pick, I'm going to go to tight end with TJ Hawkinson, who really ended up as – Tight end four, I believe, on the year in total points. So it seems like an impressive year, but the last two weeks let a lot of people down. I know Matt Stafford was in and out those two weeks, a lot of moving pieces, but he finished with 1.8 and 6.3 points over the last two weeks. That's terrible. And at the tight end position, when I bet Travis Kelsey was on a lot of playoff rosters, and when Kelsey's giving that 20-point edge or 15-point edge to Hawkins and whoever he was facing, that's definitely hard to overcome. So TJ Hawkinson... Definitely a bust in my mind, and we'll get into him later at the tight end position in terms of our rankings for next year. Yeah, I'm going to wrap up um, my playoff bust here with two guys fall in the similar category as uh, Josh Jacobs and Aaron Jones. And as similar as the Metcalf is, they didn't kill you, but they did not win you your week as you're expecting. Josh Jacobs, 10.4 and 20, and then 6.9. He was really disappointing and obviously tweeted – uh, at fantasy players throughout the playoffs, and people did not take kindly to that. Um, and another one is Aaron Jones, 9.5, 24.8, which is great, but then 12.8. You're really hoping more from two top seven running backs throughout the year, uh, and they just sort of disappointed, and they, they didn't kill your team, um, but they really were busts throughout the playoffs, and hopefully next year they can rectify that. And Ben, with your last guy, he was one who I stuck into my lineup, um, just because I have, I had like a good luck charm. He had done great for me all year and I knew it wasn't a great matchup for him. I figured it wasn't good game script, but I'll let you finish off. Who is your yeah, last I hope this one? Doesn't hurt you too much, but it, it's young way coup for the Falcons, especially in our league, Trevor. I know that missed field goal. He hit, I forget the number, but 40, 30 field goals under 40 yards or something like that in a row. And then, Missed yeah. it against the, the Chiefs. It would have sent the game to overtime. Possibly even give you the chance for more points at the kicker position. But no, that's a an easy four-point swing in the wrong direction. And over the past... It, it lost me the week. It, it honestly, that kick lost me. <laughs> yeah, the over week. the last three weeks, he was kicker 19. He had six points, 11, and then one in the championship. He's a guy who was great all year. And then in the final week, he may have let some people down. But... I thought it was. I thought we had to mention at least one kicker on this podcast, so I'll, I'll give it Young Way Koo and hope it doesn't cause you too much trauma. Oh yeah, no, that that's the one where I'm gonna look back and be like, "Oh, this hurts." Like Ben and I talk about dance football twice a week or two hours a week, and it, we we put a lot of work into it. We make sure that we give you guys the right the right people to put into your lineup and then just sort of luck strikes here and there. And this was a really disappointing one for me. That's going to hurt for a while. Um, and he is someone who I was talking about as a, a, 
he was in the wide receiver three range, two range actually, in terms of what he was averaging. And oh, that one's gonna hurt. But let's let's move on to happier things. Um, we're gonna go through a little bit of a mock draft here. How it's gonna work is Ben's gonna have uh, the first pick. I'm gonna have the second, and we're gonna go back and forth. And then we're gonna continue building our teams throughout round two. So we're gonna do round one, round two. And we're just sort of going to try and predict uh, who we have um, for next year. And I'm curious to see where, Ben, you have players. And I want to see what your first pick overall is. But I want to do this because next year, when we start this podcast up again, we can come back and look and see how close you were to reality. Because obviously a lot's going to change over the offseason. Trevor Lawrence is coming into the league. That may mean things for James Robinson. A whole bunch of offseason changes are going to happen. And it's going to change up the league, but right now we're just going to take a guess and see where things go. So Ben, on that note, why don't you start off with our number one overall? As we get into round two, we'll be trying to match up our first round picks with the second round picks by position. So my number one pick will end up as number 24 as well. So we'll definitely try to make those picks make sense together. So with the first overall pick, I think it's a no brainer. It's a guy who only played three games this year, but averaged over 30 points per game in those games. He's the clear number one pick for the second straight year. And that's Christian McCaffrey. I expect him to be fully healthy. This wasn't a serious injury. I think he probably could have played two or three weeks ago if they were in playoff contention. He's a guy who's really, when he's been there, he's been absolutely dominant. And this was really the first time we've seen him injured. So he's got, you know, I don't think you have to worry about durability. He's going to be the focal point in this offense and PPR is going to be a monster as always. Christian McCaffrey, I think is an easy number one pick. Yeah, I actually have Cook right now over Cap. Cap's my number two, so I'm going to take Cook with my number two pick here. He's been great all year. Mind you, he was an injury-prone player at the beginning of his career, and he's been very solid throughout. He was fantastic this year. The Vikings are going to have a better offense next year. Um, so I really expect Cook to be the, the number one, number two guy. So All right, and Cook would have been two. my number two as well. And at number three, I'm going to go with another running back, another dual threat running back who's – had three strong seasons in a row, and that's Alvin Kamara. I know you might have him a little lower on your board, but he's a guy who's been consistent. He's a huge uh, focal point in this offense. I think even if Drew Brees leaves, whether it's Taysom Hill or anybody else at quarterback, Kamara's still going to be a focal point in this offense. I still think he's going to rack up those receptions as well as rushing yards. We just saw him rush for six touchdowns in a game. He got paid last offseason, so that's not our issue. Alvin Kamara at number three for me. Yeah, I, I have him down as my number five pick, and I'm fine with him going at three. I think if Breeze is not there, that's going to definitely diminish his value, and we're picking right now, so I would pick him a little lower. Um, but he's obviously great. He's going to do well. So he, he's, he's a good pick, but you left uh, me with Derrick Henry, a different running back to the first three that we have off the board. But he is just a monster, and – he really comes in throughout the season towards the later half of the year. When it gets cold out, it's Derrick Henry's ball game. And yes, he didn't have a great uh, championship matchup performance in week 16, but that's just because that game script went to hell because the Titans didn't know how to deal with a foot of snow. Um, so Derrick Henry is my number four. He's going to have a fantastic year. Uh, I would have had Henry at six. I'm not as big as, of a fan as Derek, of Derrick Henry as everybody else. I think in PPR – He's not a guy who provides a lot of production in the passing game. So I like the top three guys more. And then I also like 
two other options. I'll mention one here. That's Devontae Adams. I'm going to start with a wide receiver early. I think in round one and round two, you have to focus on guys that are guaranteed locks in your lineup. You never have to worry about starting them. They're sure things, essentially. Devontae Adams is a sure thing. He averaged almost five more points than any other wide receiver this year. He's a clear number one, and that separation between him and the rest of the wide receivers is why I have him this high rather than other running backs that you may have. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that pick there. Um, right now, he falls into my board um, under one other guy um, that I have in my top five. I'm going to pick him at six here is um, Travis Kelsey. Uh, we're talking about, Ben, you just said, guys, you walk into your lineup and forget it. Kelsey was a top wide receiver this year that you can fit into your tight end position. He has been, he's missed only like one game in the five or six seasons he's been in the league. He's just consistently the best tight end out there. And next year it's going to be the same thing. Holmes is back. He's just going to have a fantastic year again. So it's weird saying I would take a tight end, my top five, but he's just such a different. Yeah. And if you take a tight end at the, in the top five, it really makes things more difficult later in the draft. But with a guy like Kelsey, I agree. I think it is w- worth it. I, I would have taken him at six as well. He's so much better than the other tight ends. The average tight end, he's he was 9.7 points per game higher than tight end six this year on a points per game basis, which is a huge advantage over half the league, essentially, if not more. So definitely like that pick at six. Number seven, I'm going with a guy who we didn't see much of this year. But he was a high pick, and that's Saquon Barkley. Of course, this is dependent on his timetable. Returning from the injury, I expect him to be back and healthy for week one, but we'll have to wait and see on that. That is eight months away, if not more at this point. So I like Saquon, averaging 22 points per game in his career. He's just a guy who, if he's healthy, you're going to see him as a huge focal point in this offense. This wasn't a great Giants offense this year, but we still saw Wayne Goldman have his spurts and we know that Saquon Barkley is so much more talented than that. He's going to be that rushing and receiving threat in the backfield. So I love Saquon Barkley and the value you're getting at seven for a guy. If he's truly healthy, he's going to be in that range with McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Yeah. He fell down my board just solely due to injuries. Um, I, I, I don't feel comfortable trusting him in, Early first round to middle first round, I would maybe trust him in the later half, but we're going to have to pay attention to the, obviously, the the notes coming into the season, see how he does um, preseason, sort of go from there. One guy who's high up my board, who, yeah, we didn't see much of this year, but when we did, he was fantastic, is Austin Eckler. I'm picking him with my number eight, and the reason why I'm doing that is because Herbert has changed this offense, and what Herbert does well he throws to his best players, which is Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Eckler, for P- you know, if, if it isn't PPR, he's obviously slower down. But Eckler's going to have a great year next year, so I'm willing to take him. Yeah, I definitely like Eckler this. in this range, but I would have had one more guy above him, and that's Tyreek Hill. We saw what he could do this year. With that 57-point performance in Week 12, I believe, he can single-handedly win you your week. He was consistent all year, ended up as wide receiver two in points per game, I think he's a sure thing, just like I mentioned with, with Adams or you mentioned with Kelsey. I think he's a, another wide receiver that's worth the first-round pick. Yeah, I, I actually have hit – it'll be interesting to see how we rank after this uh, first round here. But 
I have him a little lower down. Nothing against him. Um, I just like some of the other guys that are available above him. Um, but next guy on my board is going to be Aaron Jones. Um, great year this year again. Great year last year. And I expect that to stay up. This offense is clicking and he's a big part of that. And it's really going to be interesting to see what they do with that running back backfield going into next year. Um, AJ Dillon looked fantastic this past week, but I expect Aaron Jones to be on top, and you want the top running back. For the- yeah, so he is an unrestricted free agent. I do expect him to leave. I think some team's going to throw a lot of money at him and, and lure him away from Green Bay, but we'll have to wait to see on that. He's a guy who I think his variance is probably – I mean, we're drafting in December, but I think his variance is more than most people because if he's on Green Bay again or another team that can use him, I don't think the Niners will go out and sign him. But if imagine him going to the Niners. They'd be – Amazing. That'd be a great situation for him. But if he goes to maybe a bad team that's just throwing money at him, maybe the Jets, then he probably falls to a mid to late second round pick. So definitely a guy with a lot of variance. But in Green Bay, I, I do like him at around that 10 spot. So I'm going good, to. Good point there, Ben. I, I was assuming Green Bay. But, yep. I'm going to uh, go with another wide receiver. I think. I've taken all three wide receivers off the board at this point, and that's Stefan Diggs. You hit him on hit on him earlier, but how good he's been this year, how good he was down the stretch. I expect Josh Allen to do big things in this offense next year, and Stefan Diggs is going to play just a big of, just as big of a role as he did this year. So Stefan Diggs, I like at the end of round one as another sure thing. Yeah, I think I agree with that there. And I've got back to back picks now. So I got the last one round uh one and then the first one in round two and I'm going to go running back wide receiver. So I'm going to go Nick Chubb. The, the Browns really came out and proved that they're a running football team. And that's how they're going to win. I expect that same thing next year. And then the wide receiver that I'm going to pair with him is Deandre Hopkins. Uh, one year under the belt, he had, I believe the best season as a coming into a team uh, with one year as a court with one year between the wide receiver and the quarterback. He just had a great year, and I really expect that to build that chemistry and Kyler's coming into his own, and he's going to be a monster again next year. All right, definitely like that pick. So we have my top 13 off the board at this point, and I'm matching with Stephon Diggs this time. So that isn't going to change how I'm going to pick because I'm going to go with another wide receiver. I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley. We saw him. I mentioned him earlier. Top five wide, wide receiver this year. He was good with Julio in the lineup and out of the lineup. They may look to trade Julio this offseason. We'll see. He's a big cap hit, and this is a, a team that maybe might need to rebuild. But either way, Calvin Ridley, he's a superstar. You hit on it earlier in the year that he's a guy who might surpass Julio in fantasy points. We saw a lot of that due to injury this year, but he's a guy I think next year, Julio's been in and out of the lineup over the last couple of years. Really, is a guy who's been more consistent, and I think he's going to be worth that number 14 overall pick. Yeah, no, I, I like that there. I think I have, uh, I don't know, I like to prioritize running backs. So I, I'm always running back first and then go from there. I did throw on a tight end this year. Um, but so right now I'm pairing with Aaron Jones and I'm going to pair him with, well, obviously I'm going to pretend that Aaron Jones is back on the Packers. If he's not, then it's a whole different situation. I probably wouldn't pick him at 10, but pretending he's back on the Packers. I'm probably going to pair him with, um, I'm going to go David Montgomery. Uh, 
I, I believe Trubisky is probably going to be the quarterback there next year. If they really get him into the playoffs, I think they're going to go with him again. And he is great for fantasy for that team. Montgomery proved himself this year. Last year, coming in as a rookie, he was all over the place. And that's really because that offense didn't click. Their offensive line sucked. And this year, they got it right. I expect them to build on that momentum. I think Montgomery's going to uh, be great. I actually don't have Montgomery in my top 24. I wouldn't have drafted him. I think there are too many unknowns. I think you're really drafting him at your at his ceiling here, and that's what we saw at the end of the year. But bring three. At the end of the year, right? he was a top you're drafting five him as, as I think the, six the off the board, the possibly. So they're bringing Tariq Cohen back. We know they paid him. They gave him the extension during this year. We saw how Montgomery's percentage of snaps went from 55 to 60 percent to 85 or higher when Tariq Cohen got hurt. We'll see how this offense. I'm drafting him with the running back 10 right now, Ben. Running back I, 10 is I still where would take him be. a lot deeper. I think if you can get someone like Cam Akers in maybe the fourth round instead of Dave Montgomery in the second round, I think you can prioritize other players this early in the draft. But we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, there's a lot of moving parts. There are things that could shift in Montgomery's way, but I think a five-game sample size, I wouldn't rely on that to take have number 15 overall. So I'll with that, I'll transition into my number 16 overall pick. And I'm pairing with Tyreek Hill. So at this point, I'm going to go with another wide receiver, and that's DK Metcalf. I know I've taken a lot of the wide receivers so far, but these are guys that are going to be those sure things that I mentioned and, and really guys that you can rely on each and every week. Like I mentioned, there are other running backs that I – like that I think I can get later. Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift. I think you're going to take Jonathan Taylor here at some point. I like him too, but I think you can wait until the third and fourth rounds to draft your running backs and take two guys that you can, you know are home runs at the wide receiver position. Uh, I, my, my strategy differs definitely from you here, um, but I'm going to be pairing my next pick with Austin Eckler. I was going to go Metcalf. He was the next one on my board. Um, but I'm going to go with Sanders uh, from the Eagles. I think Jalen Hurts proved that he's going to be the starting quarterback next year. No, I don't expect him to be as explosive as he was at the end of this season. But I think Sanders is their energizer bunny, the guy who's going to get them points. And I was hard on Sanders throughout the later half of the year, but he proved me wrong. And I, I think I'm, I'm selecting him here next to uh, – All right, I like that pick. Eckler. I definitely had him as, as one of the next running backs off the board. All right, so now I'm trying to pair the number 18 pick with Saquon. I'll go with another wide receiver. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. You hit on Austin Eckler earlier. We really saw how this offense worked. He likes his, his top guys. Keenan Allen, definitely a target animal who's, if healthy for a whole year with Justin Herbert, is going to be an elite option at wide receiver. So I like him, especially pairing with a running back this time with Saquon. Yeah, no, I certainly like that there. The next one I got to pair with is Travis Kelsey. So I'm here sitting in this position. Got a tight end. Some of the guys I'm looking at on my board is Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson. Um, you've got uh, some wide receivers in there, Kittles in there. I think what I really have to go with is I need to secure myself a running back spot. So I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. I think he has proved himself throughout the later half of the year, and they're obviously probably going to change a quarterback. And that's going to help this team. I think Jonathan Taylor is really primed to have a good Yeah, I like Jonathan second. Taylor. I, 
have him a little later in the second round, but he's another guy who I, we think should break out next year. He should play a huge role in both the, the rushing and the receiving game. All right, with pick number eight in the second round, number 20 overall, I'm now looking to pair with Devontae Adams. And this time I won't go with two wide receivers. I'll go with the running back. That's Ezekiel Elliott. I think this is great value this late in the draft, considering Dak's going to be healthy for week one. Zeke was averaging over 20 points a game in the, the four or five games that Dak played this year. I expect this offense to be back in full force, back throwing the ball all over the yard and rushing just as successfully. So I love that offense when everyone's fully healthy. And I think Zeke at number 20 overall, when we've seen him as a, a top five pick most years, a little, I think he was a top five pick this past year as well. And getting that value later at 20, I know he hasn't had a great year, but especially when we get healthy this offseason, expect this offense to get back on track next year. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I have him sort of outside my round two right now, but obviously that's going to depend on how Dak is projecting towards next year. And it's really going to be interesting with Tony Pollard. Uh, I don't think Tony Pollard can carry the load for a team, but he's definitely more of a pass catcher back. And we'll have to wait and see what the offseason holds for Zeke and Pollard in that battle there. Um, the next pick that I have is I've got Derrick Henry. So I'm pretty locked in at the running back position. So I might take a shot on a wide receiver here, and I'm going with my guy for this year. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. I really think that he proved he's a top – actually, let me let me see where he actually finished throughout this year. I think he's around wide receiver 12 in points per game. Um, getting there. We're getting there. So he ended up as the wide receiver eight on the year. Um, he really performed well, and he's going around that eight spot here. And coming in as a rookie and you're the wide receiver eight, that's great. But going into your next year, your sophomore season, where you're only going to get better, his route running is only going to get better. This Vikings team, I believe, is primed and ready to have a great 2021 season. Beginning of the season, they came off slow, but then the later half, they really kicked it into gear, and they figured it out, and they figured out what to do. I think he's going to have a big year, and I, I'm willing to pair him with a Derrick Henry. I've got a lockdown running back. Yeah, I think that's about the right range. I think you definitely have to pay, pay a premium on him. I know he was wide receiver eight, like you mentioned, this year, and that was his rookie year, but with Cook and Thielen on this offense – how much higher is his ceiling really? And that's that, that'd be my only concern, but definitely like his upside and his first two weeks this year, he really wasn't used very much. So he could have been a lot higher in the wide receiver rankings if he started the season like that. So I like that pick in that range. Now I'm going to go with the number 22 pick matching with Alvin Kamara. This is tough because I think, there's one more wide receiver on the board that I'd consider, and then I'd go straight into the tight ends. So I'll go with Julio Jones here to patch to match with Alvin Kamara. When he's healthy, we've still seen him as that dominant force that he's always been. We'll have to wait and see how his health is going into next year, but I definitely like Julio as a threat. I mentioned earlier he could get traded this offseason, but wherever he ends up, he's going to be heavily utilized, and that's why I like him at the end of round two especially, and that's probably the lowest you've been able to get him in a draft in recent memory. All right, so the next person that I have 
on my board is going to be pairing with um, Dalvin Cook. And so I'm pretty locked in with my running back. I could take a shot on another one. Um, but I, I think we have to really throw in a quarterback this round. It's not something that I would typically do. Um, this past year I drafted, I was able to get my homes in the third round, so I took a shot at him there. I think he's really worth round one or round two. And so I'm going to go Mahomes, pairing him with Dalvin Cook as a an absolute. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of drafting there. QBs early, and we saw it this year. A lot of people took Lamar Jackson and Mahomes early, and I'm not really sure if it was worth it. And next year, I think we saw it down the stretch. There are so many guys that you can start on a given week that can be the number one guy. I mean, I, I think I counted 11 that averaged over 20 points between 20 and 25. I know Mahomes was near the top, but if you. I'd rather take someone like Ryan Tannehill, who I think I can get in the sixth or seventh round over a guy like Mahomes when there's still a lot of running backs. There's number two and number three tight end who I'm probably going to take next and Kittle and Waller. That's why I prioritize other positions outside the quarterback position because it's so deep, especially this year and next year. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree with that there, Ben. But I, I think Mahomes is going to get into the round one, round two. So I figured we should show it in here. And he, he's going to be in there. And I'm not – like I said, and like you said, we're not willing to take a shot on a QB in these two rounds. All right, I'm going to go with the tight end to close off this draft. I had McCaffrey in round one. I'm going to surprise some people and go with Derek Waller – or Darian Waller and pick number 24. I think he's going to have a, a better year than George Kittle – I mentioned it earlier. I don't know what this Niners offense is going to look like with all these weapons. They re- we really we really haven't seen what it looked like, what it looks like fully healthy. We'll see if they bring in even a better quarterback and prioritize maybe Debo or Ayuk, and we'll wait to see how they're all going to they're going to be used. I do have Kittle right behind Waller, so maybe you you change your opinion with that pick. But Darren Waller, I think, is going to have a break another breakout year. He's really been a consistent guy. Tight end two and, and guys who played eight games this year right behind Kittle. He only played seven, but he's a guy I really like at the end of round two who I, I think you can take and be confident putting him in your lineup every week. Yeah, so that wraps up our mock draft for the first two rounds. That was uh, that was interesting. I'm excited. And some big names were left off the board. Uh, we've got Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Kenyon Drake, uh, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift. Those are big names that were left off the board at the running back position. For wide receiver, Allen Robinson is there. Uh, Adam Thielen, uh, Mike Evans, uh, Cooper, uh, A.J. Brown. Um, those are big names that are also not there. So there's going to be a lot of talent going into next year, and I'm excited because I'm okay with the majority of these picks here. Maybe Zeke I wouldn't do, um, but – Every one of the first two rounds projecting into next year looks very good, whereas in this year there are some guys at the later half of the round one, round two that really snuck in there, and I didn't want to take the shot on. But I think we've got a stacked lineup here. Um, so it's exciting for next year. Speaking of next year, let's go on to our final segment here that we're going to wrap up our season with. We're going to go top five positions or top five rankings for each position. We're going to do this consensus, so we're going to sort of struggle this one out, and we're going to have differing opinions. Um, But let's start with quarterback. I think, Ben, it's pretty clear 
who we have as our top quarterback for next year. I think it's the obvious pick, but I'd go a little differently. I think Josh Allen is going to be quarterback one next year. He was quarterback one this year, and I'm comfortable with us putting Mahomes as our consensus. But Josh Allen's a guy who we saw him do it this year. We saw how good this offense was a few weeks in the middle where they weren't great, but they started the season great, the end of the season great. Hopefully he gets to keep on, keep his offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. He doesn't lose him to a head coaching job, which I, I don't think he will, but we've we've loved to watch this offense. And Josh Allen is a guy who, that dual threat option that, that can really rack up those fantasy points. So Josh Allen's a guy I like a little bit ahead of Mahomes, but I'm comfortable putting him at number two. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's a good pick there. One thing I do have to note is the Bills had a very easy schedule this year. Um, one of the easiest in the league, and well, I still think I'll happily put Josh Allen as my number two quarterback. Um, I, I think next year is going to be a little bit more difficult, and I might prioritize other quarterbacks over him, but it's a very short list, and that list for me pretty much ends at Kyler Murray. I think he's Yeah, when I rank these on my own, I actually had Kyler above Mahomes, so I'm definitely comfortable with Kyler at three. That rushing capability really gives him that boost. He's a, a fantasy superstar We'll wait to see if he can take that third-year leap. We, mm-hmm. we started to see it this year and then kind of fizzled out toward the end of the year, but definitely expect him to do big things next year. Yeah, I, I think this is where we're going to have probably some difference of opinions, potentially. Um, I think at number four, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. Um, down here this year, but I expect him to be back next year. You could maybe throw in a, a Deshaun Watson or an Aaron Rodgers. Or my number five. Yeah, I really struggle with those three names as well as Dak Prescott. Those are all fancy quarterbacks that I'd be comfortable starting each and every week. Let's put Lamar at four, and then let's have a debate on these last few guys at number five. So I'll start with Dak Prescott. Averaging 27 points per game this past year in the games he played, we know this defense isn't going to be very good. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. He was a good dual threat option. We know he doesn't rush for a lot of yards, but he did – Rushed for a few touchdowns early in this year, and, and I really think coming back, hopefully he's fully healthy. He's going to have a big year next year with all these weapons on this offense. Yeah, Dak was my number five. Um, other guys you could throw is, like we said, Watson, Rodgers, and I think we have to stop disrespecting Ryan Tannehill. He was finished as a QB7 next year, and he's probably going to go low again. Um, I really think Ryan Tannehill is going to be the QB you want to draft next year. Um, but we'll have to see where he falls. I think people disrespect him all the time. They think Derek Henry and Ryan Yeah, I like Tannehill he as well. I mentioned earlier. This top five. When I go through it before a draft, I like to target the guys I want to take because I think their value is the best. Ryan Tannehill, a guy I think you can get a couple rounds later, if not more, behind these top five guys, and he's still going to put up most of the production. So you can definitely uh, have – better production elsewhere in your lineup and still have Tannehill to, to fill that gap. All right. So why don't we move on to running backs? And Ben, I think we both know our number ones here. You've got calf. I've got cook. I'll put calf in as uh, my running back one. Um, I think if he is healthy and can stay healthy, he is, I think the best running back out there. I just solely put cook over him due to the health. Which is very sad, weird to say for Cook, but yeah, I'm good with that. And then I think we'll just go just like our, our mock draft went and go with Kamara at three. I 
we do have some hesitations based on if Drew Brees is the quarterback or if someone else, but I still still think in any situation, Alvin Kamara is a smash play. He's the number three dual threat running back. Derrick Henry, I always have a little bit lower because he doesn't really contribute much in the receiving game, but Kamara, I think, is a, a safe number three behind the first two. Yeah, I would slot in Derrick Henry um, above him, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you Kamara. I'll, I'll let you have that one. But I think Derrick Henry's a slot number four. And number five is where things are not as locked down for who your running back five is going to be. Uh, you, you could talk about Saquon. I could look at Austin Eckler. You could look at uh, maybe an Aaron Jones, Chubb. Um, there's a lot of names out there. Um I would probably go with Austin Eckler. That's where I drafted. But if you oh, let's go with go Eckler, I think Barkley, that's a safer I pick. I like Eckler a lot as well as a, a target machine. We see, we saw how he's been used in this offense. I really like Eckler as well. So, although I did take Barkley a little bit higher in the mock draft, and I, I still do like him a little more, I I'm definitely comfortable with Eckler as their number five RB. Yeah, mind you, when you draft, it, it's not always representative of potentially the the order that you could at the end of the year. Like when you draft Saquon, you're drafting a huge risk, and you may not necessarily want to take that risk, but he will be projected as a top five running back because he's Saquon Barkley. And you can agree with that, but just your draft differs from potentially your views on potential what ha- could happen. See, he's a big risk and something to look at. Um, big names we left off already. But why don't we jump into wide receivers here? Wide receiver one. Yep, no argument. Any sure. argument. Devontae Adams. Um, number two, I think we're going to have differences. I would go Diggs. He has shown he has been fantastic for the Bills. You've got Josh Allen as your number one quarterback. Are you I have him at three. Diggs I have Tyreek Hill at number two. two but... Place a little bit lower? All the targets that Diggs gets, I'm comfortable with him at two. He's definitely going to have more catches than Tyreek Hill at the end of the year. So uh, I do like Hill's upside, his big play ability more than Diggs, even though we saw it from Stephon Diggs this year. And we'll see how the wide receiver situation looks for the Bills next year. If John Brown's going to be healthy, if Cole Beasley's going to still play that role, we'll see. They're bringing in Kenny Stills late in this season, so maybe he's there uh, next year as well. But I, I definitely – yeah, Gabriel Davis. It's just a lot of options, and Gabriel if Davis their offense well. takes even a little bit of a hit from this year, he may fall to number three, which isn't a big difference for fantasy. But, but yeah, him and Tyree Kill, I definitely have as two and three. I, I gave you the running back. I'm going to take uh, Diggs as the wide receiver two here. Hill is number three. And- Wide receiver four. I yeah, I have him at four as well. I did originally have someone else at number four, but I did drop him lower. His name we haven't mentioned on this podcast, I don't think. And it's Michael Thomas, another guy like Kamara, who it really depends on the quarterback. But we saw with Taysom Hill at quarterback, he was still the number one option, still getting a lot of targets in that offense. Maybe not as many with Breeze, but still a huge role in that offense. I'd have Michael Thomas at number five, but – also comfortable with, with your guy at number five. Interesting. You didn't you didn't draft him, but you're still talking about him here. Uh, um, yeah, I would go probably DK Metcalf at number five. But um, 
we'll we'll give Michael Thomas right now in our rankings to look back into into next year. But I think yeah, I think I forgot to take Michael Thomas in the draft. I know I had him in my rankings originally, and then I think I got him deleted. But he's definitely in that same range as Metcalf and Ridley and Julio uh, in terms of wide receivers that come right after Hopkins. But he's another solid option and definitely going to be a high volume guy. Yeah. All right, last but certainly not least, we're going to go with tight ends. Um, ben, I think we're going to disagree on the no, – no, I'm just kidding. Kelsey's the number one. That's pretty easy. Um, I know number two, you've got Waller. I would probably go Kittle, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you Waller here. But Kittle and Waller are going to be very close. Yeah, definitely. And, or two like and those three two is two and three. Kelsey. Probably going to be – at least one of them is going to be a second-round pick in most leagues. The other one probably shortly after, so – Definitely two other tight ends. Uh, number four, I think this is where we differ. I, I'd go with Mark Andrews, who it may seem like he didn't have a great year, but I think he ended up as the number four tight end in points per game. So he's a guy who really, when this offense is clicking, he's playing a huge role. He's really that number one wide receiver option. So I, I like Mark Andrews at number four. Yeah, I I was perfectly fine putting him here. I think he is going to be the number four tight end off the board. Number five here, um, there's some names you could throw out there. TJ Hawkinson, but we don't know what's going to happen with the Lions. We've got a whole new coaching staff. You might have a big shakeup. So right now, if I had to draft, I had him in the text that I sent you. I'm probably moving him down just based off that risk, but I really think he's a talented. He's top five. Um, but other names you could throw out there, Robert Tanyan. You could throw out um, Logan Thomas. You could throw out Hunter Henry. Um, but I think I'm going to go – I'm, I'm going to stick with Yeah, I'm comfortable with that as well. I, I put Tanyan, go with, but him over those other guys. with Hawkinson, I think if Matthew Stafford's back, definitely expect Hawkinson to have a big year. Definitely expect this offense to look better with Galladay, Swift, and Marvin Jones all healthy as well. Hopefully we see that next year with a good offensive coach as well. So I'm comfortable with Hawkinson, but Tanyan, this was really his first season with Aaron Rodgers where he played a significant role. I love to see what that looks like next year because he's already caught 10 touchdowns, I believe this year. And if he goes into the year with that uh, relationship with Rodgers, I think it's going to go a long way. Yeah. I was thinking about slotting him in there, but, I just believe at some point during the offseason, the Packers are going to go out and get another weapon. Uh, maybe Will Fuller. He's a free agent. Maybe they sign him. I just I think they're going to have to do something. Um, but if they don't, then, yeah, I would slide him in here. But that wraps up our power rankings. Um, ben, actually, why don't we just do top uh, defense and kicker? I think – Defense for next year. I'm yeah, they've been really good this year. Definitely good getting Dolphins. turnovers and, and turning those turnovers into points. So I, I don't know if I'd have them as a top defense, but they're definitely up there. The Steelers and the Colts would come to my mind. When looking at defenses, looking, really looking at past performance hasn't been the most predictive. We always see people reach for defenses early, and they don't usually work out that way. So we'll have to wait and see on that. The Steelers – We'll have to wait to see what this defense looks like next year. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to lose Bud Dupree, who they lost to injury this year. He's probably going to be a free agent and sign elsewhere. If Devin Bush is back, if they return everybody else, this off this defense still looks pretty good. But 
we'll have to wait and see on that. And the Colts, the same thing. I, I don't know if the Colts are going to lose anybody, but definitely those two defenses are really good this year and, and should be good again next year as well. Yeah, and I think for kicker, I'm going with the guy that burnt me, and I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Koo. Um The Falcons suck at scoring. Obviously, there could be a bunch of shakeups there, so that might do it. But I'm going with uh, I'll go with Harrison Mr. Butker Koo for the Chiefs. For my, my I think his offense is going to score a lot of points, but I I think they are going to I don't know maybe maybe defenses are going to start catching up to them and force them to kick more field goals in the red zone. We saw we see all this creativity from Andy Reid, and it's definitely working. But at some point, he may run out of those trick plays that people have seen before. So maybe they'll they'll force more field goals this year. I know Butker was very strong last year, so I'll expect him to bounce back next year. All right, so that wraps up our year-end completion. We reviewed the year. Talked about next year a little bit. We've got some exciting things in the plans for you guys next year. Um, we're thinking about potentially a website and a few other things. So we're really going to kick off our year two with um, better sound quality, um, some better content, and hopefully we get some more traction with pod, uh, this podcast here. We certainly like doing it. It's always fun, especially in this lockdown period where we just get to talk about football, sort of take a take a step back and be able to talk to people. And it's, it's, it's been really fun for me, Ben. I know it's been fun for you as well. And we want to thank everyone who has. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate doing Um, this and stick around everyone out there who asked us for advice. I hope we helped you win your league and you'll come back next year for more advice and hopefully listen to our podcast and tell your friends. All right. Um